Hello and welcome back to the Find Your Voice podcast. This is episode 23. My name is Freya Casey. I'm a professional singer and vocal coach from Germany, and I'm so passionate about working on mindset so that I can achieve the lifestyle of my dreams. And I want to help you achieve the same and maybe be a little bit of an inspiration to maybe rethink a few things. Now I just said maybe a few times. <laughs> okay, the first thing I want to talk about today, and it's been a while since I have recorded the last episode. It's been a couple months. I just looked it up. So end of April was the last time. And now it's June 23rd. So it's long overdue. Now after all the kids being sick, um, I don't even know what the last update was anymore. So basically, I had all the kids, like they got sick in sequence, and they all took turns. And then I got sick and everything seemed to fall apart. And I felt like I could never get any work done because also then my babysitter was not here. And when my babies are sick, well, I say babies, they're now 17 months. Well, technically, they're toddlers, but to me, they're still babies. And when they get sick, they're extremely clingy and they need me to carry them around. Basically, they need 24-7 body contact, which is, you know, physically exhausting. So that went on for several weeks and I just could, I just could not get any work done, which caused me to get into this place of, you know, everything was so wonderful and I hit all my goals when I came to revenue and all the value and all the courses I wanted to provide. And then all of that, that streak of everyone being sick hit. And because I didn't plan ahead, I, you know, I always kind of just spur of the moment came up with ideas. And I realized that that is just not going to work because my children are going to be small for a few more years. And this is going to be more of the norm, especially during the winter time that they will be sick from time to time. And because I have three children, there's going to be quite a few times when at least one child is sick and they're going to need me. Now, my older daughter, when she's sick, you know, she's okay by herself for a while. Um, she'll, you know, she'll be in her room or she'll watch TV or, you know, play on her tablet to distract herself or sleep. But the little ones, they need me like every single minute. And it's just going to happen more <laughs> in the next few years. So I have decided this is not going to happen to me anymore to where I'm like there. I'm like, okay, my business is basically going down the tra down the drain. I'm not doing anything. I'm not creating content. I'm not telling people about my courses. What am I going to do? So here's what I'm doing, and I, I've spent the past two weeks doing this, and it feels so much better. I'm actually ahead, which is also the reason why I get to record this episode right now, and I've even managed to work out again. I think I may have told you that I started working out every single day again, like Monday through Friday when my babysitter's here. However, when everyone got sick and then I got sick, you know, especially when I got sick, I had to take a week off because I did not feel good and I was weak. And then I just didn't have a chance when everyone else was sick. And so for, I don't know, probably I had done it for four weeks and then I fell off the bandwagon. Basically, everything fell apart. I did not work out anymore and I was not in the habit. And then I was like so much in catching up mode, which I don't know if you can ever catch up. Um, 
I was trying to do and fix things work-wise and catch up with things and try to, you know, like so many emails and so much stuff that needed to be done, like fires to be put out. I was just in this mode of like, I just, I, I, I'm drowning and I just need to try to come to the surface again. So I had not worked out for, I don't know, it was at least four weeks or so. And then I started to plan ahead and I've actually planned out everything until like October or so. So the next three, four months are planned out. I know exactly when am I doing what, what's, what's the video that I'm going to publish, what is the course that I'm going to run, um, what are the emails I'm sending out. Um, I mean, there will be things that are more spontaneous, but basically the framework, like my team knows what's going on. I also put in the times when I will be gone. For example, at the end of August, I'm taking off two weeks because also my babysitter is taking off two weeks. We're going to have like a family vacation time. I'm going to step away completely and I'm just basically not going to be in the office. I'm not there. Now for my team, they can reach me if there's something really important, if there are like emails. Also my Vocal Mastery Lab members, I will give them their feedback, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, I will keep my promise there. And that's easy because I can take my Marco Polo app. This is where I give the feedback. I can take it with me anywhere. And, um, you know, it doesn't take me that long every day. And I can give valuable feedback to everyone wherever I am because I can take my voice with me everywhere. I don't need any equipment for that. So working ahead, which is amazing, and it just has given me so much more space now. And I have started working out. Um, I got a kettlebell, which feels it's so awesome. I love kettlebell exercises. So I got a 10 kilo kettlebell um, doing a lot of weight training these days. Because I feel, especially when you're getting a little bit older now, of course, that's all relatives. All relatives. Some people are like, oh, I'm over 30, I'm getting old. Um, and, you know, and my mom, she's 78. She doesn't whine around about getting old. <laughs> and I, I sometimes actually have to remind her, it's like, mom, by the way, you're 78. You, you don't do certain things anymore. Um, she sometimes, because she has, you know, my daughter is her oldest grandchild and she wants to do things like ride a roller coaster where we went to, um, she rode on the roller coaster with, with her or on this other really crazy thing at the amusement park. And then she got so sick. My mom got so sick after that ride. And I was like, just don't do it. But she, like, I always say to my daughters, like, I cannot do this. I will get sick. I, I don't do it. But my mom, she just wants her grandchild to be happy. And so she's like, oh, I'll, I'll go on a ride with you if no one else does. But I tell my mom, no, you're, you're not you're not 25 anymore and you're not even 35 and you're not even 50. You are 78 years old. And then once we went to this um, indoor, like this nice pool that had all these huge slides, the water slides, and they have this, I, I, think, I don't think she realized, it's like this really extremely steep water slide. And what she did, like all of a sudden she comes to me and I was like, mom what did you do um because like you look you could literally see on the back of her head it was like like a little horn literally like a little horn and she had this huge bump on her head and I was like what did you do oh it's okay I she wanted to sit on that slide but it was a very steep slide so you can't sit basically you have to lie down because it's gonna just throw you backwards 
uh, that momentum is. And so, like, I don't know, she, she may have even had a light concussion because it was like, she had a headache afterwards. And I'm like, mom, you are, just don't do that stuff. I'm, I'm afraid sometimes because she pulls stunts and I'm like, you just can't do that anymore. <laughs> and she doesn't realize, I think she, she just sees her grandchildren and she like wants to keep up and she wants to jump around. You know, we joke about this now, but once we went for a walk, um, we went to like some nice, um, we went on a walk to, I was pregnant back then and with the twins and we walked toward this nice waterfall that's like in the area where we live. Um, she had not seen that before and people go there. It's a nice, um, you know, day trip. And she's like, I don't know, we were talking and she's like, I can still jump. And then she jumps in the air and falls on, you know, falls on her knees. Nothing happened. You know, she caught herself and it was okay. But I'm like, we joke about this now, but I'm like, mom, remember this? You just did a, a, a like a little leap and you fell on your knees. Um, don't just you know, she's like, I can jump and boof, you know, we, we always laugh about that now, but, um, it's kind of crazy, but, um, I don't even know why I was talking about my mom, but anyway, I'm working ahead. Everything feels good. And, um, um, oh, it's about getting old because people talk about getting old. Yeah. Um, I, well, what I wanted to say is like the weight training really does help when you're, let's say 40 and above, Especially for women who, you know, like eventually you approach menopause, which menopause is like, you know, it, it's still a little bit in the future for me, but there's something called perimenopause, which means that is, you know, it'll take years to transition. It's not like abruptly, suddenly you're in menopause. Like over the course of maybe like 10 years, your hormones slowly change. And because of that hormonal change, you know, a lot of women number one, we'll put on weight, but also we lose muscle mass and bone density. And the best way to counteract that is by working out and especially doing strength training. Um, because when you build muscle, you take the weight off your bones, but also just being active, it, it keeps your bones more dense because it's almost like you practice having an impact and your body reacts to that by, you know, getting stronger. When you use muscles, they get stronger. When you use bones and you put weight on them and you have an impact, then the bone won't, you know, it won't, won't lose your bones. So that's been feeling good. I've been working out and it's been so extremely hot here. And so in my room here where I work right now, and also this is where I do my workouts, ooh, it's been so hot <laughs> and I... You know, I've been working out at the end of my workday, which after I wrap up this recording, I'm actually going to go ahead and work out. I do like a 30-minute workout, but I'm doing it very, very focused. So I'm doing weight training with, I have some 3-kilogram weight, like a pair, and I have the 10-kilogram um, kettlebell. And you can do a lot of body weight training, like, you know, tricep dips, for example. Basically, I'm lifting my own weight, which... I do would I would like to to lose a few more pounds. I have not lost all the mommy pounds that I put on during pregnancy. Uh, probably like five kilos, which is around ten, a little more than ten pounds. 
um, yeah, I would like to to lose those. It, it's really, it's not about the weight. It's really more about feeling good, about being fit, and about everything that I just talked about, you know, you know gaining muscle mass, not losing that muscle mass, especially when you get older. And I, you know, I, I watch a lot of, or I listen to a lot of podcasts that are health related. Um, every study, it, it, it's, it's very much proven that your leg strength and your muscle strength when you get older is extremely important, especially your leg strength. As long as you can walk really well, you're doing good. When elderly people cannot walk properly anymore, that's when all these other problems will start because you can't do cardiovascular things anymore. Your heart gets weaker. It just has all these effects because you are not walking anymore like, like you should. And humans are made to walk around. Like Just think back at thousands of years. You basically had to walk around all day to find food and to, like, to, to, get, to prepare your food. It was physical work. Uh, now we don't have to do any of that. It's just all so convenient. We basically don't even have to get up from the chair anymore. We get like groceries delivered and carts to sit on when we drive through the grocery store. Now in the States, here in Germany, they don't have, it's not quite there yet. But in the States, you see it all the time. Um, you know, people who cannot walk anymore because they are either overweight or old. And I feel that that doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> Um, I don't know, maybe I'll, I don't know, I'll, I won't change my mind later because I just know there's so much science and um, I watch all these videos of older people, like really older people, like 70 and 80 and plus year olds who physically do amazing things because they have kept themselves fit and they are challenging them, themselves. And a lot of ailments that human beings suffer from when they get older it's because of the lifestyle. So I, I want to keep an active lifestyle. My, my goal is uh, when I'm 50, when I'm 60, when I'm 70, when I'm 80, <laughs> basically when I'm 90, basically uh, until close to the time when I'm passing away, I want to be able to run. I want to be able to jump. Um, those are kind of things that I want to be able to do. I want to be able to tie my shoes, touch my toes, um, you know, that that's something. And I don't think I will ever, ever lose the capability of doing these things as long as I never stop doing these things. You see, we, we're not, when, you, when you just continue doing something, you don't just lose that skill. Or, you know, when you stretch every single day, then that's a normal, that's a baseline of normal. It's not anything challenging. If you go for a run every single day and you continue to do that till the rest of your days, it's not a challenge. It's the normal baseline. And um, there's a lot of science that supports that. There is a guy named, I believe, David Sinclair. Uh, he wrote a book about, I don't know what the name of the book is right now, but look up David Sinclair if you're interested about um, the science of aging. He basically says that aging should be treated like a disease. It's not anything, like it's, it can be fixed. <laughs> um, it can be healed. Um, now, while I do believe that human beings do have a lifespan and they're, you know, it's not like we can live forever in this physical body here, um, 
there's still a lot of science that supports that a lot of the aging symptoms can be reversed or avoided if we do specific things. So that could be supplements, that could be lifestyle choices, diet, um, activity, you know, exercising. It can do a lot. It's major. So that's why I'm just saying working out is extremely important, not because I want to lose weight only. And the losing weight part is, it's just a side effect. And it's not like I have never been overweight in my life because I've always been active. Um, so for me, it has never been hard to get to my, you know, really feel good, healthy weight, which, well, that's wrong. I don't have to say I get to, I never had to get there because I never lost that. Uh, and a pregnancy, of course, naturally, I mean, I had twins in there. Um, of course, I gained quite a lot of weight, which I lost immediately after giving birth, most of it. Um, but there are still a few more pounds that I have now extra that I didn't have before. And that's okay. I breastfed or I pumped milk for one year after birth. And now they're like 17 months. And I feel now it's time for me to get sh get in shape again. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about the fifth agreement. When I read um, Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements, it drastically changed my life. I think this is one of the most impactful books I have read in the past few years. Um, again, as a reminder, let's see if I can give you all those. The first agreement is um, don't make assumptions. The second one is um, my goodness, I have to look it up. Okay, I just I just wanted to pull it up to make sure I'm doing this right. Okay, first agreement, be impeccable with your word. We talked about this before, I think. It's so important, your words, the language that you use, even um, subconsciously, you suggest to your subconscious that that is the truth and you will look for a way to make the things that you say true. Um, and also what you say to others could have a huge effect that you might not be aware of, but it might do a lot of damage. So be impeccable with your word is the first one. The second one is don't take anything personally, which that has given me so much more freedom. So whatever anyone does, I don't take it personally. You know, like recently someone sent me an email. It's like, um, why are you sending all these emails? And you know what? It's good. There's actually an unsubscribe button on the bot bottom of every single email that I sent out. It's a law. You have to be able to unsubscribe. And, you know, I'm on the email list of a few people. And you know what? I get on that email list. And sometimes I feel like, eh, no, I don't want to get those emails anymore. And I'll get off the email list. What's the deal? So you don't, you don't have to be hateful about people. Um, but again, it doesn't mean someone is hateful toward you. You know, this is just like they're annoyed at that moment. Um, but that's why I never send emails in the moment when I'm like having any emotions, like when I'm upset or anything, I don't react. I let it sit first and then I think about it. So, um, but don't take anything personally. It's not, it's, it's, it's not like they're targeting me. They just don't want to get emails and that's fine. I totally understand my e inbox overflows, which is the reason why I constantly also unsubscribe from a lot of things that I have been subscribed to. And, you know, the truth is I'm sending out all those emails to people who want to hear from me. And it's absolutely okay with me if someone doesn't want to hear from me anymore. 
well, maybe they just want to follow me on YouTube or social media and that's good. Um, but if someone's on my email list, I want to talk to those who want to hear from me. And as soon as someone doesn't want that, they can just hit that unsubscribe button and it's good. So I'm not taking it personally. It's not like I'm questioning everything I'm doing and like, maybe, maybe, maybe I just shouldn't set, send so many emails. Um, you can delete them or unsubscribe. It's easy as that. Next one is don't make assumptions. I just talked about that. So, you know, again, don't assume um, that someone has an agenda or like why anybody does what they do. Just don't make assumptions. You just don't know it. Um, and then the last one is always do your best. And that is, I feel, I feel that that's so important. It's all you can do. Do your best. Don't beat yourself up when you just said something that is not impeccable. Um, we, we, you know, I do that sometimes, even toward my kids. You know, sometimes I have to catch myself. I'm like, you know what? You're right. That was not okay for me to say that. That was uncalled for. And that that's not okay. Um, or, you know, I, I criticize something that my daughter did. The little ones are still too small. They don't like the words I say don't really hurt them yet. It's just the tone. But soon they will speak. I mean, they're starting now. You know, they're s starting to say words, single words. And soon they will just talk my ears off probably, which I'm looking forward to. Um, but just being really careful about that. Um, doing your best and that's all you can do. I'm not perfect. I try to do my best. And uh, when I mess up, I, I acknowledge, I recognize, try to learn from it. And then I go on and I try to learn a lesson from that. And so then, then I read then the sequel to the four agreements, which is the fifth agreement. So the fifth agreement says, be skeptical, but learn to listen. So the, really, this is how I was raised. This For me, this is a very familiar concept, but it's really good to have it on your radar all the time. So I basically teach my daughter that too. Be skeptical. It doesn't even matter if it's in a book, if your teacher tells you something, if the president or here in Germany, the chancellor says something. They're all human beings. And that's, they, they might know more about some things, but they don't know it all. And well, also being right or wrong. Sometimes it's like, what, what's right? It's our conventions. All the Don Miguel Ruiz books come from the perspective of the Toltec. And the Toltec basically believe that we all live in a dream. We create our own dream. Now there's the collective dream and we are domesticated. When you are a child, you are still kind of just the way you are naturally. And then we get told like, you don't do this. And this is how you do things. And this is how we do it. This is right. This is wrong. Um, and this is good, this is bad. But really, I have changed my mindset so much toward and like good and bad and right and wrong. I, I just don't believe that anymore. I don't believe that. I think all the good and bad and right and wrong, it's just what we make of it. You know, some person may feel like something, let's see, let me take an example. I don't know. You know, in the past, actually, our our parents, that generation, what they did with babies a lot, and they thought it was the right thing and it was good for the babies, they just let them cry for hours until they stopped. 
And when they put them to bed, they just put them in the crib, walked out the room, and when the baby cried, um, they furbered them because the guy named Ferber kind of came up with that method of just let them cry, they will learn, and then they will stop because they learn um, it's okay, no one's going to come for you. Well, whether that's right or wrong or good or bad, I mean, back then, everyone thought that was the right thing and it was a good thing. Well, now we have learned that it's really not a good thing. And really, my 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 intuition always told me, like, I never let my kids cry it out. Um, like, sometimes I let them cry for a minute or so when they're like, okay, and now they're old enough. I'm like, you know, literally, I have twins. I only have two hands. I literally cannot carry both of them at the same time all the time. So sometimes I just have to talk to them like, I'm so sorry. I can't take you now. I have your sister. <laughs> I'll be there in a minute, but I can't. <laughs> so, but I'm not doing it in a way that I'm like, well, I could, but I'm just not coming for you because you need to learn that lesson. You know, babies basically are just acting on, they, they don't calculate and they don't learn lessons. It's just, all they learn is how do I feel? And, um, but again, I, I'm not judging anything. It's like, you know, I'm skeptical toward any information that anyone gives me. It's like, is that true? And I always ask myself, is that true? Is, is it really this way? <laughs> because a lot of things we do are just things that we were taught by our parents or by like society. This is how you do things. And I question it all the time. And I tell my daughter, like, really? Really? Is that how you do it? And uh, we actually... I don't know if I should talk about this. It's going to open up a can of worms. But there's this discussion going on about screen time. And uh, I read books about it because I felt like, what am I supposed to do? My daughter, my older daughter, she's now, she's going to be 11. But she enjoys playing like Roblox. It's a game. And especially girls like it a lot in that, that age group. And but what I noticed was instead of judging her and always making it something negative and always coming across as this is so bad what you do. If we are on the screen for a long time, this is just always bad. And I, I felt that just arguing about how much screen time she was going to get. And, you know, I limited it. It's like, okay, an hour, that's enough. And, but really the discussions were often the most damaging things uh, thing about it. And then I started reading up a little bit and I was asking myself, is, is it, I was really thinking about it for a long time, where, is it really so bad? Now, I remember when I was a child, my parents didn't really limit anything. I remember having a VCR and a television in my room. Like none of my friends had that when I was a child already. And I remember that I had access to like watching videotapes all the time. And for, you know, sometimes I did watch a lot. But you know what? Later in life as an adult, like especially now I'm someone, I do not watch television. And I don't feel like it ever harmed me or did anything negative. If anything, I actually learned a lot. Because I didn't just want watch trash I, I watched a lot of documentaries because I was interested in that. 
And my daughter, I, when I watched her play, she does, you know, I, I realized she's being so creative. She plays this game called, what is it? Ugh, I can't remember it now, but um, they build houses. And she actually has a lot of people come up to her in that game and ask her, can you build, can you design a house for me? I will give you, like, there is a currency in that game. I will give you 40,000 currency in that game if you build me that house, if you can design it. Because she is so awesome at it. She is a great, like, she designs houses and builds them from scratch in that game. And she's like, I really, I think I want to be an architect when I grow up. So instead of me sweating it and be all like, oh, it's just all bad. It doesn't even matter what you do on the screen. You just should only do an hour. I actually have relaxed and be like, you know what? We're going to start doing this now. You can be on the screen as much as you want. And as long as it doesn't interfere with anything else, like as long as you still go outside and you have your friends, you you live in your, you're like, there's real life here. As long as you're not neglecting anything, you're doing okay in school and you're getting ample sleep, um, all that, I just do whatever. And you know what? We've been doing this now for, I don't know, maybe two, three months. In the beginning, it felt like she was on the screen all the time. And you know what? Now, because I'm not, I'm not telling her to not be on the screen. It's like she relaxes and she's like, oh, I'll do something else now. Uh, that we are not having arguments anymore. And I feel like our relationship has improved so much. Plus, I've read up, there are actually newer studies that say um, they studied college students who had their screen time strictly um, limited by their parents. And then when they go to college, here's what they found. Those who were had the strictly limited uh, strict screen time when they lived at home they had a really hard time self-controlling. They did not know how to control their screen time in college and they neglected their studies. They could not get off the screen. Those who actually did not have these strong limitations at home from their parents, they self-regulated so much better. They could tell themselves, okay, I think it's enough now. I need to actually take care of a few responsibilities. I want my children, of course, it really depends on the age because you can't let a three-year-old, I mean, they probably might want to watch television all day long, but it's not good. You know, you can't, like for their eyes even, you can't let them unlimited screen time. But I'm just saying that the older your child gets, I wouldn't, it's not a blanket statement then, like, like all screen time is bad. I'm on the screen a lot, but you know what? I'm doing a lot of creative things too, and that it's not negative. Why is it that, you know, as adults, we're like, we can be on a screen for 12 hours working and that's just fine and it doesn't harm us. And what if our kids want to be something creative? And, you know, some of those games are quite creative. And I'm just saying that as long as it doesn't interfere with other aspects of life that are actually important, maybe we should think you know about it like if is it really so harmful and there are newer studies that actually say it, it's not the actually it's more harmful for teenagers to be disconnected from their peers um, than it is 
to to be on there too long. So, you know, she calls her friends, she messages them a lot. And I feel like she's a preteen now. It's it's an important part of her life. So the fifth agreement is really about being skeptical, but being open-minded. And that is something I always ask myself, is that really, is that true? Is that reality? Is, is you know, what is it? Does it apply to me? Is that good for me? Is that good for my family? Do I have to see it this way? Is there is there a different way of seeing it? So being skeptical, but also not trying to be right, you know, be open to maybe learning that, hmm, maybe the way I feel things are, aren't the way they are. Maybe, you know, I can accept that someone else's perception is just as valid and it's legitimate. And even if I don't see it that same way, maybe if I don't agree, that's good. But I can acknowledge that for them, it is the truth and it is their reality because they live in their life and in their quote unquote dream, which that, you know, it applies to them. And, you know, always trying to understand the viewpoint of others. I have, you know, I used to be such a, because I read so much also, I've, used to be a little bit of a know-it-all and I was ha- had to prove like no 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 this is not right I am right but I have changed a little bit in that I relax a little bit more and I give someone else more space to be like this is you and this is wonderful and you're right in your viewpoint you're right and for you in your world that's actually right now in my world I see it a little differently but I totally agree that if I came from that direction, from that perspective, that would be right. So maybe think about it. Oh, okay, a lot of things going on. I'm actually thinking about making um, a course for singers about mindset. It is huge. I talk to so many singers and they have a lot of hangups when it comes either to, you know, the professionals have sometimes hangs hangups about performing in front of people or like, is it good enough? And the beginners sometimes have this, you know, like, can I even learn it? Should I? Should I just, is there no hope for me? Which everyone can learn anything they want to learn, really. If any human being has learned it, you potentially could learn it. Um, and the intermediates are stuck in this, like, ah, I don't know. It's just never, it's, it's not getting where I want it. It's too slow. And I don't know what I'm doing. My voice is, it, it just doesn't sound beautiful because I want to sound like this person, but I don't sound like this person. There's a lot of mindset work to be done, even for singers, and I might create a course. But again, I'm planning ahead. I have the next few months planned out. Um, But maybe because I have it planned out, I'm going to have some, you know, some margin time-wise to actually go ahead and create something like that. All right, need to wrap it up because I need to get my workout in. Be blessed, everyone. Dream big, and don't forget that it's your life. You get to live it. Every day is precious. Once the day has passed, you never get to live that day again. So make it awesome. Talk soon. Bye-bye.